are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here with you. It is draft week. This is a mock draft mailbag Monday. I've got a little seven round 49ers only mock draft that I ran over at uh, the Draft Network. They have a mock draft machine, so I ran one there. It's very much uh, not exactly what I would do mock more of like what I expect the 49ers will do, which I am probably very wrong about. And as we always are, we never know what's going to go on with this team and all the group think sets in and, and things seem to be much different with the real thing. The draft is always insane. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that mock, what my thinking is with this, why I think it could go down this certain way. And then I'm going to dip into that mailbag for the last couple of segments of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, Review the show on the new Himalaya app. You can subscribe to this show and all of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And of course, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On 49ers. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. That's where all of these mailbag questions are going to be coming from. You can email the show, Locked On 49ers at Gmail, LockedOn49ers.com. We got a Facebook and an Instagram and all that stuff as well. So let's get into this 49ers only seven round mock draft. And actually just really quick, a look ahead before we get to this mock uh, during this week, this is draft week. So we've got not a lot of time left. I got to drop some rankings. I'm going to try to give some positional rankings as well as my uh, big board here in the Tuesday and Thursday show. And then of course we have a winky Wednesday leading up to that Thursday draft, and who knows, the schedule might have to change this week if some big news or something crazy happens, but I'm going to try to drop some rankings for a couple of these days, and then, of course, sandwiched with the Winky Wednesday podcast where we will hit some more of these mailbag questions. So, seven-round mock draft. This was done at the Draft Network, and um, I think they have a pretty good basis for what teams might be doing and look it's it's always insane it's always crazy so you think certain players are first rounders they fall to the third you think a guy you barely heard his name and you think he's a third fourth rounder he goes to the end of the first round so AJ Jenkins great example things like that definitely happen in the draft so it's going to be nuts which is what makes it so much fun but uh, going through this mock draft so Kyler Murray goes one it's Nick Bosa two very simple we've talked about that a lot when I get talking about my big board I'll talk more about where these guys rank and, and why Nick Bosa is uh, near or at the top of that big board. And he's just, you know, the the fit and the player he is and everything just is, it's perfect for the 49ers. If Murray goes one, it's Bosa two. Don't overthink it. Very easy selection. And then you move on. And then there's very much a theme with rounds two through seven, well, rounds two through six. 49ers don't have a seventh rounder. 49ers don't have a fifth rounder. So only six total picks here with two sixth round selections and then all of their normal first through fourth rounders. So Nick Bosa going number two overall to the 49ers, the edge defender. I think you would have to listen to trades here, but if it goes down this way, it would cost a lot, man. It, it would definitely cost a lot to move down because to drop out of the top tier of talent into the second tier of talent, I think is, is a nice drop. I think it's a big gap and it would cost a lot and you would have to get like 
two of the second tier players to make up for missing out on the one first tier player, in my opinion. Uh, even though there are some players I like, it's just it, it's it's quite a gap for me, and we'll talk more about that gap when we do talk about my big board for the 2019 draft. So pick 36, the second round. Uh, this is a name that basically by the end of January, or by mid-January during the Senior Bowl, it was pretty obvious that he was going to be a player the 49ers were going to like. And I had even wondered if Debo Samuel, the wide receiver out of South Carolina, had played himself into the first round. And he still might because he had such a great week in Mobile. He, was, he probably had the best week of any player at the Senior Bowl. He's sitting there on Kyle Shanahan's offense on the South squad of the Senior Bowl playing the Z wide receiver position, which is likely what the 49ers are looking for if they are drafting a wide receiver. So the value is there at the top of the second round. He's definitely a second round talent. He's played the position he will be playing in the NFL for Kyle Shanahan in Kyle Shanahan's offense already and practiced all week. So they know his practice habits. If they're okay with that and they think he is the right uh, character of guy for their locker room, the right attitude, the right work ethic, and they know all of those things about him now for have you know working with him for a week and all the background they're doing. They brought him in for a private visit too to Santa Clara. So they've done every bit of homework you could do on a player with Debo Samuel. And so that's why I have him being mocked to the 49ers in the second round. I think there's a better chance he's there than Nikhil Harry or A.J. Brown. And I know there's going to be a lot of questions. Oh, why not A.J. Brown? Why not Nikhil Harry? Why not Hakeem Butler? I personally like Hakeem Butler and have him rated over Debo Samuel. I think Samuel and Harry and Brown are all very close. I just think there's a better chance that Debo's there in the second round at 36. Those other guys I mentioned could sneak into the first round. There could be a little mini run on wide receivers before the 49ers second round pick. It could be maybe the run happens right around there or after the 49ers second round pick, but there is definitely going to be a run in that 20s to 50s range. There's just going to be a ton of wide receivers going off the board. Uh, but I, I think Debo Samuel has the best combination of familiarity with the 49ers, the coaching staff. They definitely like him. The talents there, the workouts were great. He can run after the catch. He's got ball skills. He can get deep. And he's been a really good red zone player, even though he's just a hair under six feet tall. He's basically the same height and a little bit heavier than uh, than Odell Beckham Jr. is. So he's about that same size of player. But he's been very good in the red zone, despite not being, you know, gargantuan rebounder type of wide receiver. So he hits all of those things. Probably the best runner after the catch as far as receivers go. So that's good too. So play him at the Z, move him around, move him to the slot, get good matchups. He can catch and run, which is really important for Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's why I think Debo Samuel is the most likely wide receiver to end up a 49er. Just It's all there. The need is there. The position fit, what he can do, um, the likelihood he's available. And I know the 49ers have to like him after seeing what he did during senior year bowl week. So that's why Debo Samuel is the name I chose for the 49ers at pick 36. So I've talked about why Debo is the name over the other wide receivers, but what about other positions, right? There could be an offensive line consideration there. Absolutely could be and should be a defensive back consideration there, whether it's cornerback or free safety, uh, even strong safety. I mean, potentially, right? Um, there's a lot of positions that probably should be considered there because there's not 
that many positions on the 49ers that should be considered completely off limits and completely safe. You need depth. Uh, you need competition everywhere on the roster. But the reason why I didn't go safety is because I just think that right now, I mean, I personally think the 49ers should have gone heavier in, in free agency to maybe try to to do some things in the secondary so they didn't have to go there in the draft. And I, and I, don't, I just get the feeling they've got a full house in the secondary, both cornerback and safety numbers wise, they're already in a good spot. So they don't have to add people. It, it really seems like they don't feel like they need to add any more players in the secondary and they might, but I just think the 49ers are really gunning for that edge and wide receiver in this draft. And they might do multiple picks at those positions just to make sure that those are filled out. Cause it just, it really seems like that's the direction they're going. So I think that there's a better chance they wait on safety and then maybe they could, and I've talked about this before on the show, I think the trade-up spot isn't so much going from pick 36 back into the first round. I've seen a lot of people talk about that. It's going from 67 back into the end of the second round and potentially drafting this guy who might not get all the way to 67, even though he did in this mock draft, and that is Juan Thornhill, the safety from Virginia. Supremely athletic. He's got range for days. People talking about how he could even play some cornerback in the NFL like he did in college. He was a corner first, then moved to safety. And he does have the athletic ability to play corner. I have my doubts whether he would fall here to 67. But there could be one of those safeties that fall here. There is, and I would definitely buy the argument that there's a better chance a really good wide receiver is going to be at 67 than a really good defensive back. And that's absolutely the argument for taking a DB at 36. And I will buy that argument. But for this mock draft exercise, I'm trying to think what the 49ers are going to do. And I think they're going to go wide receiver at 36. So that's why I mocked it this way. And luckily, someone like Juan Thornhill fell to 67. But I still think you might have to move up to grab that player, which would also be fine by me. And I think be a great. And if, if you have the ability and you've talked to teams and you think you are going to be able to get up, maybe you do want to go wide receiver. Get your wide receiver rather than taking the leftovers, especially if you think that position is more important right now to the roster. And then see if you can get that that cornerback or that free safety at 67 or maybe move up a little bit to get that guy. And if you don't get him, you feel better about that than if you would have missed out on the wide receiver and you weren't able to get up to get one of those guys. So that's the way I'm looking at this thing as far as positional value goes. And I'll talk more about the positions and specific players I would be considering here when I do my rankings. Okay, uh, let's get to day three of this mock draft uh, right after we take a quick break. Pick number four here, the fourth round selection for the 49ers, 104 overall. And you might start to see a theme here. Josh Oliver, tight end out of San Jose State, which is, I think, the one pick on this mock when I posted it on Twitter last night was the name that people were kind of surprised to see on there. And it's really funny because they're like, oh, we don't need a tight end. I think the 49ers could definitely use a body at tight end. We've seen, you know, all the Ross Dwellies and Cole Wicks and Cole Hickatini's out there getting a little bit of run. Uh, Garrett Selleck is not a young football player anymore, I think, for long term. The 49ers do need a guy to pair with Garrett Selleck. But what this pick was about is I just saw there was a value here with this player and another player, yes, that was at the Senior Bowl, which I think is important. Juan Thornhill, too. Debo, Juan Thornhill, Josh Oliver, all three have been at the Senior Bowl, and I really believe the 49ers are going to go heavy with Senior Bowl players because they're going to use that 
that advantage of knowing these guys and seeing them work all week and being around them and, and, and having that ability to just get to know them a little bit more. I think the 49ers, they've shown that with this front office since they took over a couple of years ago. They lean on that, whether it's in personnel or whether it's in coaching. And they, they bring in people they know that they can trust. And so I think that helps here. And Josh Oliver just really fits from his athleticism. Um, he was be, He's able to be one of the local pro day guys. They could bring him in and not count against the 30 visits there, being at San Jose State. And... Uh, Ran four sixes at six four, just a hair under two fifty. So athletic, really fits. Can can you know? Let's say George Kittle gets hurt. Josh Oliver can do some of those things because he's really athletic, tight end. And I just think long term they are going to need to look at this tight end position. This happened to be a fit, and it was one of the best players left on the board. And he was a Senior Bowl guy. And I really like the fit of Josh Oliver, tight end out of San Jose State. And at this pick number one hundred four, after going edge, wide receiver, and defensive back. There just wasn't the, the value at offensive line at pick 104. I didn't like it. Uh, there wasn't really a good defensive back I thought was worth that pick, even though uh, I think there might be in the real thing. It just didn't fall that way in this mock draft. But I really like the pick of Josh Oliver, and I think it could be one of those kind of surprising selections that people aren't really thinking about adding a tight end. But it's funny because so a lot of people are like, okay, whoa, tight end? We don't need a tight end. That's a weird pick. You should have picked whatever position. But then I've gotten a million mailbag questions about Asking about Noah, Noah Fant and Hawkinson. It's like, hey, if Noah Fant's there in the second round, do you draft him? It'd be awesome to pair these two tight ends together. So it's funny because there's like a, a half faction that wants to go two tights and and run those guys out there. Then there's a, another faction that's like, we got Kittle. We don't have to think about tight end for a decade. And I get both arguments, but really this is about depth and just about adding more talent to the roster. So speaking of offensive line, I did dip into the offensive line with the first Sixth round pick in this mock draft, number 176 overall, which was Javon Patterson. He is a center or guard out of Mississippi. And I like the the fit for the style of play. So he's an athletic guy. He can get out and move on the run. He's a little bit small, a little bit undersized. Uh, didn't wow people in workouts, but you can see it on tape. He can move a little bit. So I think he really fits the outside zone scheme that the 49ers run. And yes, again, he was on the South squad for the 49ers at the Senior Bowl. So they got a chance to look at him up close. They got a chance to see him in the scheme. And he's one of those later round, um, mid to late round, day three guys. Javon Patterson out of Ole Miss, who I think is a player that's kind of been slept on throughout this whole process. Nobody really talks about him. He's definitely an NFL player. Could be a nice depth piece, someone that can play probably both guard spots and center. And then that brings us to the last selection in this mock draft, number 212 overall. I'm going with the guy who's very local to me now. That is Keelan Doss, the wide receiver out of UC Davis, double dipping into this super talented wide receiver class. And if I was a GM in this draft, I would absolutely be drafting multiple receivers because there's guys like Keelan Doss who might fall to the sixth round that in a lot of years would go two, three rounds higher because of how deep this class is. And I really like Keelan Doss. The more I watch him, the more I like him. And guess what? A senior bowl player, although he was on the North squad, unlike the other four picks here that were on the the South squad, he was on the Raiders North squad at the senior bowl. But Keelan Doss put up insane production in college, 4,000 yards, 300 and something receptions. So he dominated on the smaller school level. But then when he played, big-time teams and played D1 schools and played Stanford and played these other teams, 
He went big on those teams too. So they couldn't cover him. He was really good at the Senior Bowl. Um, I think it was Bucky Brooks who's compared him and the way he run, runs routes to Keenan Allen, which is high praise. And he's got that similar size. He's about 6'2", 200, a little over 200 pounds. And he can get open. He's got, he's basically, I think, a rich, he's a better version of what the 49ers have in Kendrick Bourne. He's that style of player where he's big, but not supersized, but he can still, with the quicks, get open and separate. So I like Keelan Doss a lot. I think he's a super sleeper in this draft. And shout out to, I think it was the father-daughter combo uh, that were listeners on the show that talked about him during the season in a mailbag segment that live in Davis. And they were like, yeah, you got to see this guy, Keelan Doss, the local kid. And at that point, I hadn't watched him yet. And they were right. The more I watch him, the more I like Keelan Doss, wide receiver out of UC Davis. And that is the end of my seven-round 49ers mock draft. So obviously, that's the way I'm looking at this thing. I really think they're going to go edge wide receiver. I think they're going to pepper in positions like offensive line and defensive backs, uh, potentially go DB there on day two. But it, you know, with all those positions, it depends on how the board falls. If there's a really good wide receiver, or if there's a ton of good wide receivers still there at 36, but there's like just this one really great DB, you got to go at 36. Or one really great offensive lineman that fell, and you know you can get a wide receiver in the third round, you can do it. And they obviously can move around with trades and stuff. So those are the positions I'm looking for, and with a heavy, heavy slant towards some senior bowl players. Okay, we'll see how many of these mailbag questions I can get to and see if my voice lasts throughout this podcast. I don't know if you guys can tell, but it's starting to, uh, I feel like it's starting to almost die on me. I've been using my voice quite a bit the last uh, couple of weeks and um, getting rough here. So <laughs> we'll finish it up. I got to go to uh, Mbay49er fan on Twitter. He says, my favorite morning commute podcast. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. For number 36, if your boy Butler, my guy Brown, Shani's guy Debo, DK, I think it's Nick's guy, can't remember. All gone. Still wide receiver or go offensive line? Uh, it's hard to know without knowing exactly which offensive linemen are on the board there. But you're saying if Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf are all gone. I think Nikhil Harry's the name you didn't mention. If he was there, that might be the next best guy on my board as far as wide receivers go. They're... If they're Dalton Reisner, offensive lineman, he's the guy I think could slip out of round one just because athletic profile-wise, he's just not that wow offensive line athlete. There might be guys that are longer and more athletic uh, that they just, you know, that teams just get a little bit more excited about. So Dalton Reisner would be somebody I would for sure consider there. You know, if a bunch of wide receivers are going to one of those DBs full, is Nasir Adderley there? Darnell Savage, uh, even Juan Thornhill, who I just talked about third round of my mock draft, he would absolutely not be a reach, I think, at 36 either. So there's a lot to consider at 36 if those wide receivers are all gone. And obviously, if they are all gone, that makes that decision a lot easier to go one of the, because, you know, that means there's probably another player that's really good at another position. So yeah, uh, to answer your question without knowing exactly how your board falls here in this fictitious uh mock draft but yes absolutely if the wide receivers you like aren't there for sure go another position especially if there's a really good player at that position to rob on twitter if bosa unavailable and quinnon williams is the pick the likelihood of turning 
to Ansa in free agency. I realized the rest of the draft would need to play out, but I would think that we'd still need to be looking for that opposite of D Ford in sub package. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I think they need to be looking at edges anyway. They should have been looking for edges for two years, you know? So, like, they they need to be, like, drafting every edge they can find in any round anyway. So, and I didn't have a, a second edge in this mock draft, but if you go Quinnen Williams, you should be looking at some of those edge guys in, in other rounds. And, yes, in free agency, too, if you can't come away with one in the draft and they should have been doing that for a couple years and they wouldn't have painted themselves into a corner to need an edge so bad this year. It's just too important a position to be passing on for a long period of time. But at the same time, you can't reach for a guy who's not as good when you have someone that's as good of a prospect as Quinny Williams on the board. So if Bosa does go, go one and you don't have that trade offer, yeah, Quinn would be my guy. And then you would continue to look for edge players. All right, a uh, quick break here. Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked On 49ers podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere. Be right back. To the Subway Savant on Twitter, what cornerback would you prefer in the round four to six range, Jimmy Moreland or Tim Harris? Oh, I really like Jimmy Moreland. I think Jimmy Moreland is that guy that that every draft Nick out there really likes just because of the way he plays even though he's a little bit small he just plays that style of of football that that you really like and so I for sure for me Jimmy Moreland and I've just watched more of Jimmy Moreland than Tim Harris too so maybe I'll go back and try to see some more Tim Harris uh speaking of four to six range what about a name like Isaiah Johnson in the fourth round out of Houston he's six two long Super athletic, worked out really well, but was a really raw cornerback. Pretty much fits the mold of exactly the cornerbacks the 49ers have drafted for the last couple of years. He's a former wide receiver, so that's why he's really raw at corner, which sounds like another 49ers receiver in Richard Sherman. So that's a name to remember in that he, he won't get to round six because he's too good of an athlete and you know has size as well at 6'2". But or he's listed at six two. I'm not sure exactly how tall he is. I think he, yeah, I think he did measure up at six two at the combine. But and long arms, so that's really that's the prototype the 49ers are looking for. But maybe at that 104 pick, if he's still there at the top of round four, I don't think he was there in that mock draft because I was looking for a corner there uh, in the fourth round. And he asked a punter question, which I'm not going to answer. <laughs> no offense. Uh, let's see, George on Twitter. We've traded up the last two years to go after players the staff really wanted with the fact we only have six picks this year and only four in the first five rounds. Do you see that trend continuing? And if so, what position or player do you think they'd target? I've talked about that a little bit. I think it would have to be a mild trade up because you're right. They just don't have the ammo this year and you can't keep putting it on credit, right? And trading future picks to move up and then, you know, and then next year you're short on picks again. Um, but you know, if it's, if it's mild, if you only have to give up, say a future fourth to move up for a few spots in this draft, that would make more sense. Or maybe they can dangle a player that's currently on the roster, but if they do go up, it'll just be a short trade up. Or let's say, how about this? How about the 49ers have a list of players they really are looking for at 36 and a lot of them are still there. Maybe they could trade down 10 picks, accumulate the ammo that they need to move back up later from 67 and then they're, say, drafting really close together toward the mid to late second with two players rather than picking at 36 and 67. 
and getting basically a free trade up by trading down first from 36. Or if they do that trade down from pick two, obviously. So that'd be a really easy way to recoup picks and then you could move around a lot easier. Let's check in with Ian Weston on Twitter. He says, how tight is Pete Prisco with the cards? How much weight is his saying they won't take Murray at one carry? Also, is Hollywood Brown a Shanahan receiver? Are you cool with him over Debo, Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, etc. in round two? Uh, with the Pete Prisco thing, I have no idea. I, I mean, there's just too many rumors and too much stuff being reported around. I think, if anything, maybe they would use someone like Pete Prisco and be like, hey, actually, we're not going to... Tr- we're not going to draft this guy. We're going to draft that guy because they're trying to drum up something else. You know, maybe they're trying to get people to pony up that last offer. So maybe they're saying, maybe they're telling teams, look, if we don't get the offer we want, we're not going to trade Josh Rosen. And so then they're like, okay, now we got to go to the press and leak. Hey, we're actually not taking Murray now. So teams are like, oh man, we've got to really up that offer. If we want Rosen, we got to give that first round pick instead of a second round pick or whatever. So that might be what they're trying to do. If that, is indeed being leaked to Pete Prisco, but I have no idea how tight he is, and and I don't even know what to believe at this point. So it's just really hard to wade through those rumors. Hollywood Brown, yeah, I bet Shanahan loves Hollywood Brown for sure. He loves that speed. Uh, his like he's dynamite. They he absolutely has to love him. Am I cool with him over Debo and Akil Harry, AJ Brown? Am I cool with it? Uh, not. I mean, I have him ranked just behind those guys. I think I think Hollywood Brown's gonna be sixth for me. And right after those guys who were three, four, five. So it's close enough that it's not crazy. But me personally, I would take one of the other guys. To Granini on Twitter. Hi, Brian. Love the pod. What is your worst and best case scenario picks rounds one through three? I think the worst case scenario for round one would be that they can't get a trade and they reach for need and draft somebody like Josh Allen over Quinnen Williams. Uh, with Or let's say they trade down and then there's just not that good of a player and they end up drafting someone who's really bad, like at pick nine or something. I don't know. I, mean, I just, I don't know. If, I don't think pick, I don't think uh, the Bills would be the team trading up, but uh, you know what I mean? Maybe they trade down too far and all the players they like are gone or they end up taking a really mediocre player when they could have had a really good player at two. So that'd be probably the worst case for round one. And then rounds two and three, they drafted a running back. That would be a terrible case scenario. Uh, They drafted a kicker, a punter. I mean, that's even beyond what you could imagine bad case scenario. Let's see here, you know, and it's hard with the worst case scenario stuff because you don't see it coming. It's not like in 20, what year was that? 2012, you're sitting there thinking, oh man, I hope Trent Baalke doesn't draft AJ Jenkins, right? Because it's not even in the realm of possibility that he would take this guy who's a mid-round player and draft him at the end of the first round. So that worst case scenario pops up when all of a sudden it happens. You're like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine this going any worse right now. And, And that's, also with the group think because you think it's going to go a certain way there's like there's like five players that everyone expects the 49ers are going to draft and say the second round that's just not the case it's there's they could be very wild and when it's the name that you don't expect sometimes fans freak out even though it turns out it could be a good player uh, but sometimes it's not but anyways yeah it's really hard to say what the worst case is going to be when the number of outcomes could be so large all right, we got time for one more here. Let's go to 
Henry, what are your thoughts on trading 36 to Philly for 53 and 57? I love that trade. That's a fantastic trade. That kind of goes with what I was saying earlier. Uh, then you wouldn't even have to do the extra trade up. Uh, I don't know what the trade chart value says for that. If Philly's two second rounders are enough to move up to 36, let's do the math here. I've got the chart somewhere right over here. 36 is worth 540 points on the old chart. Philadelphia 53 is worth 370 points, and 57 is worth 330 points. So my uh, wizard math skills tells me that's 700 points, which is a lot more than the 540 that 36 is worth. So I think Philly would be overpaying, and the 49ers would be very smart to jump on that because you'd still have pick 67. Uh, and then basically what I would do, I would take that trade, and then I would instantly be on the phone trying to move back up from one of those picks uh, to try to get a little bit closer to make sure one of my guys didn't fall too far after 36. And I think you would be able to get something like that done. <laughs> Devin asks, is it Thursday yet? No, man, but it's rapidly approaching. Once it happens, you're going to be like, oh, man, I really liked that lead up when we talked, had stuff to talk about every day. and There's nothing else to talk about anymore. <laughs> uh, obviously, we're going to be doing this podcast daily. So there's going to be plenty to talk about for a while after the draft, breaking down all the players that the 49ers do pick. But uh, I feel you, Devin, getting excited. It's draft week. Uh, this is the NFL Christmas. And uh, to be honest with you guys, I like the NFL draft more than Christmas. And I think a lot of you guys are probably on the same page with me on that one. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Be back tomorrow, breaking down some NFL draft, some finalized rankings here. I think I have a pretty good idea of my rankings. Now it's taken some time. I'm going to watch even a little bit more just to make sure I've got it. I've got it right here. So rankings tomorrow, winky Wednesday, more rankings and probably some wild news will break before Thursday that we'll have to get into. And we'll talk about all of it right here on Locked On 49ers.